just a girl and she's on fire Hotter than a fantasy Lonely like a highway She's living in a world and it's on fire Filled with catastrophe But she knows she can fly Thank you so much for joining us. This is Dr. Bonnie Bonita, and if you are following the Valley of the Black Dolls, you understand what our podcast is about. It's about male and female relationships, the ups and the downs, the good and the bad, and the ugly. And today we have with us Charles on the phone that would like to discuss some information about how he feel when it comes to angry black women. Charles, are you with us today? I am. I wouldn't characterize that as my thought position, but okay. Okay, I like that. So tell me what you would characterize it as. Um, you know, basically in talking about uh, joining your show, what I spoke about was there are a variety of reasons why uh, black men are now opting out of marriage. It is mainly due to the cost-benefit analysis, not uh, necessarily an angry black woman issue. Okay, when you say cost-benefit analysis, what does that mean? I mean, ultimately, when we make decisions in every aspect of our lives, uh, we usually look at what, what, what do we have to gain and what do we have to lose. And when the gain is there that outweighs the potential loss, those are things that we typically do, and when the loss outweighs the potential gain, those are things we typically do not do. When it comes to uh, relationships, you know, we usually work around that by, you know, using love as the reason why we may do things that may be otherwise irrational. But I think now it's gone, it's tilted to a point where we can't even excuse that irrationality to do that, where it's just come to a point where the cost-benefit analysis was so skewed that it doesn't make sense under any circumstance, really. Gotcha. Okay, so so you're giving me a lot of antics. Are you saying that will stop you from marrying a black woman? No, not at all. I'm not, I'm like, once again, this is a, a conversation about men opting out of marriage, not necessarily me as an individual, number one, and number two, um, and definitely not saying that I wouldn't marry a black woman. I would definitely say, for me, marriage would, would include a black woman because I prefer to marry someone where I share a cultural background like most people. Good job. Uh, good job. Okay. Good, good, good. Okay, so let me make sure I understand. So you would consider economics before selecting a mate. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I feel like economics is, is a big part of selecting a mate. 
Um, and, and, and it's definitely a part of selecting a mate for women. Okay. Uh, Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to make sure I follow you. So if you found someone that had a substandard education or had three or four children, that would be a non-starter for you? Definitely. It would, it would be a non-starter for me. I couldn't, I couldn't see myself going into a partnership with someone that I feel would you know, bring down my overall ability to achieve and enjoy this life. Okay, and, and, and because she have children, that means that it would lower your standards? It would lower my ability to do the things that I would want to do because those children have to be cared for. Okay, so I take it that you came from a two-parent family? No, no, I did not. Actually, my mom was divorced when I was very young, so um, around nine years old. So from that point forward... Uh, I grew up in a single mom household. Okay, so let me ask you a question because my mom had nine children and she had two, she lost two husbands, um, one tuberculosis. Uh, and um, so, so we, we've, we've gone through that. So I'm just trying to make sure I understand uh, because we're talking about, you know, 40, 50, 60 years ago. But what would you have said because your mom had these children from a divorce and she couldn't find a husband maybe because she had all of you guys i'm not sure that's a fair statement to not want to marry someone because they have a a, a large abundance of a lot of children so to speak yeah and you know basically i would say that I don't know if the world is meant to be fair or assumed to be fair. They're, they're, everybody has their options, right? And so on the, on the opposite side of that, you have to ask, is it, would it be fair to that, that gentleman who has um, worked himself into a certain position to be able to do certain things to then uh, take on not only uh, a spouse, but also the responsibilities that she created before they got together? Got you. Okay, so how many brothers and sisters do you have? Um, a total, I have six siblings. Okay. Um, my mom has uh, my mom has five children total, including me, and my dad has two other sons besides me. Okay, and from my understanding, all of you guys are successful in your own right, education-wise, job-wise, etc., so it seems like your mom was able to do a good job, even though your dad and your mom divorced. Correct. Okay. So, so it's not possible for you to meet someone like your mom or my mom that had multiple children, but was still successful with the children and with herself in her own right. And basically, I don't want to confuse those those two topics. So one is, one is about how those children turn out, and that was never a part of my my discussion. My discussion was that that basically those children require resources, and the question would be, would it be fair for a, a man who did not have um, children to begin with to then come into a situation and have to be responsible for uh, the children that the woman has created before him. Now, 
you know, I was under the impression we were going to talk about opting out of marriage as a whole. We're focusing a lot on the single mother part, but I do want to I do want to say that uh, ultimately that becomes a cause benefit analysis for each individual to say, hey, am I, is it worth it to me to take on this extra responsibility, this extra cost, these things that I would need to do to take on a woman with children? Uh, is it worth it to me to be with that woman? I can't speak for every man on the planet and say it's a definitely a no-go. I can only say that that definitely makes it more difficult. It makes it more complicated, and it definitely requires more resources from that guy when he comes to the test situation. Got you. Okay, so let me just ask you a question then. So does that also mean that you wouldn't date the women with ha- with children because it's not going anywhere, or you'll still date and have fun and all of those kind of things? Um, I will say for me in general, uh-huh. uh, I do, I do not date women who have children okay. uh, as a whole. That's fair. Okay. Um, the, the few times that I have gone out with women with children, I made it pretty clear that, you know, if they were looking for marriage. I would not be the option for them. Okay. That's fair. Um, but as far as the ability to be considered, you know, possibly long-term, I definitely, you know, gravitate to a woman who do not have children. Okay, no, that's fair because my thing is if I know going in, then I'm okay, but don't spring it on me six or months or a year later that, oh, I've decided I don't want anybody with any kids after you and I have been living it up, living the high life, going out, doing a lot of different things, and all of a sudden I'm not marriage material. So you're saying you make those statements going into the situation. Definitely. And I think it's important that regardless of what the relationship may be and what the details of the relationships may, may hold, that if you're honest with people, then you have you give them the option to make those choices. And that goes, in my mind, both ways with women and men when it comes to relationships. I think that's one of the biggest issues that we have is that lack of transparent honesty about our desires and our intentions. Okay, so I like that, the honesty and the integrity part. So what happens when a woman will say, well, I don't feel I could be honest with him because he wouldn't accept it. What would you say to that? I would say, you know, what first and foremost, what would he not accept is the, the issue of, I'm, if I'm honest with him, he will reject me. Then if that's the case, that wasn't the match for you anyway. Correct. Like, what do you, I always say when people are dishonest, they are afraid of something. The question is, what are you afraid of? Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So, so let me ask you a question now. You have a, a few of uh, gentlemen now uh, on social media saying that um, high-valued men, and I think it's uh, Mr. Samuels, we're talking about high-valued men are only looking for high-valued women. How, do you agree with that analogy? Wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. Um, it, it just depends on how you value the other sex. You know, I, I think the difference in in Mr. Samuels, and I've, I've definitely heard uh, some of his work, when he speaks about high-value men, he speaks about men and their earning potential. Uh, and he's speaking on that level. And then when you turn around and you talk about high-value women, their earning potential isn't the number one thing. It's about you know, beauty and femininity and fit. Okay. And that comes into play when it comes to women. It's not their earnings. 
And I think that's where a lot of the disconnect with what Mr. Samuel says and the way people interpret it is, is, is not a lie. Like men and women aren't just the same. Um, my girlfriend is a very uh, well-earning woman, but one of the things I've said to her is I don't care how much money you make. It doesn't matter to me. And she asked me why. And I said, because I'll never get to spend it. That's right. I'll never get to spend your money. So what you make isn't a big deal to me because I can't spend it. You care about what I make because the money that I make provides a home and shelter and, and all the securities that you need. But what you make, I can't go, I, I don't go in your bank account and spend your money. So it doesn't matter. Okay. So it seems like you are one of those high valued men. Can I just ask your approximate income? Are you are you close to six I'm, figures? Excuse me. Are you close to six figures? I'm well over six figures. Okay, so great and congratulations. So my question to you is: Then, when it comes to fit and beauty and all of those things, if I'm 250 pounds, does that mean that you may not say anything to me or have a discussion with me because of my weight? No, I wouldn't date you. So, you know, a discussion of what type, like, are we friends? Yeah, of course. You okay. know, that's not a, that's not a discriminatory situation for, for friendship and interaction and discussion. But as far as dating you as my potential mate, no. Okay, so that that's, that's being discriminatory if you have a problem with my weight and you won't date me because of my weight and you haven't got an opportunity to see my heart, my compassion, my love, my commitment, my loyalty, my understanding. You just see me uh, at a deli or on the corner and uh, walking to doing it in, in the airport and all of a sudden because I'm 250 pounds, that's a non-starter for you. I, explain that. Oh, I can explain it very easily, which is we all have uh, desires and criteria for our potential mate. And men are no different. You know, for us, the first thing that attracts us to a woman is a physical a physical beauty and a physical attraction. If that physical attraction isn't there, it doesn't matter how kind and nice and, and, and how warm your heart is at that particular point because you're not going to be a potential mate. So that, that's just the way it lands. Now, you know, if you want to say that's superficial, I'm fine with that. But I would also say... That, that superficiality goes the other way. Whereas those women who have the most options, and what we're talking about is men who have options, but when it comes to women who have options, they don't choose to go get the guy who uh, can't provide, who you know, can't look out for them or, or, or provide them a place for them and their offspring, the potential offspring that they would have with that particular person. They're not going, oh, I'm going to get with this guy who can't keep a job, who can't put a roof over our head that I got to constantly worry about eating. Those women who are in high demand don't pick those guys either. Okay. So what's the difference? Well, that makes sense, but but it's a difference if it's, it's superficial. Now, are, are you telling me you're also fit? Because I could say the same thing. I could say I don't want a guy that's 300 pounds. So are you fit as well? I am, but I don't know if that matters as much. Why not? If it matters to you, why could it not matter to me? Because I'd like a fit guy, but I'd also like a guy with a high earning potential. So what's the difference? So the point, the point that I'm making is, uh, and you see it every day, 
uh, if you have high earning potential, you don't have to be as fit as the woman that you're with. And it's just it's this natural biology. You know, what, what we're looking, what men are looking for, what women are looking for, ultimately have some overlap, but they're not exactly the same. Okay, so, so you could be the overweight lev- lover, heavy D, and everything's yep. cool. Uh, just because you have the earning potential, that's not fair. I'm saying for some women, it doesn't matter that I'm the overweight lover, heavy D, if I have the earning potential. And I'm not saying that that's a universal statement for every woman, but I am saying, you know, when it comes to uh, selectivity, then you start talking about what's your opportunity to uh, get the guy who is a well-earning guy who is also super fit and romantic and anything else you want to throw on top of it is, is a great lover and is six feet tall and whatever, whatever. Like once you start adding those things together, then the more things you put on top of that, the, the, the greater, the, the more options that gentleman has and the better you're going to have to be to be able to get that particular person. Okay, well, and I... That's well, male and female. Okay, not to cut you off, but I have heard women say that you guys are taking advantage of the situation because uh, the majority of black men uh, are are not in the high six figures. A lot of them have uh, issues surrounding them, social and uh, social issues uh, surrounding them. A lot of them are incarcerated, and you guys are taking advantage of that twenty-five to one, so you could have your cake and eat it too. What would you say to that? I would say that that's the market supply and demand. Okay, right? so so you're acting like a woman is a commodity then. So maybe we should just start charging you guys. <laughs> uh, no one said anything about, well, I'm not saying anything about charging. I'm going to try to avoid that particular area altogether. Okay. But I will say that, you know, it goes with anything. You know, theoretically, if the world operated perfectly, right, if you had, if I had a hundred, a hundred women and a hundred men rated, rated one to a hundred, theoretically one would get with one, two would get with two, and at the end a hundred would get with a hundred, and everybody would be uh, made it up according to their overall ranking, however that's done. Exactly. But what, we, but what we really have in our society is a situation where if I did do that, then the guys from let's call it fifteen to one. Those would be the guys that women one to a hundred want. You know, they're not going to be looking at guys seventy-five to a hundred. True. And so, therefore, they end up in competition to get one through fifteen, and then their asking price gets to be higher. That's natural market forces. And so, you know, the dating market is no different from any other market in terms of supply, demand, and basically selection. Okay, so let me make sure I understand. The fact that I might be honest, loyal, sincere, compassionate, uh, love the Lord, love the church, love my family, love my mom, love my dad, all of those things are relevant to you if I'm 250 pounds and five feet tall. Yes, and in in the same same way, if you listed all those qualities, love the Lord, sincere, all these things for a man and said, However, he can't earn a dollar. He has to come live on, live with you and sleep on your couch. 
is that acceptable? The majority of women would say no. Okay, but I think don't compare apples to oranges. Let's compare apples to apples, right? Being unemployed is completely different than all the other attributes that I mentioned. No, what I said is if that man had those same attributes, however, he was unemployed, he would be an unacceptable mate. Well, that's a non-starter for me because I don't want to be under the freeway with a cup and a mate. So that's a non-starter for me, the employment, but how much my mate makes as a salary, I don't have an issue with that because I can take care of my own. Mm-hmm. So, but what I'm saying is all the attributes that I mentioned, the honesty, the integrity, the loyalty, a lot of things, because it seemed to me that a lot of you guys, and I'm, I'm, I'm stereotyping and making a generalization, you want a dime piece. But is it also acceptable then for her to not have the other attributes just because she's pretty on your arm or she's had ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars worth of surgery, a butt, boobs, etc.? Well, I, I can, I can, I will be careful not to to speak back to your generalization, but I will make it personal and say, for me, no. To me, that's a you know, attractiveness is the entry to the dance. It doesn't guarantee you anything. So if you're attractive, that doesn't mean I'm going to run out and, and want to commit to you just because you're attractive and you have a bad attitude and you're horrible to be around and I can't stand it when you call me and all those sort of other things. So no, attractiveness doesn't mean that the rest of the, the compatibility uh, components are irrelevant, but it does mean that it is the way that you get into the dance. Okay. So in the same way, that you would not accept a man who did not have a job. Like, okay, you're saying, okay, well, um, at a minimum, he has to be doing, he has to be working somewhere. And I think for men, what we're saying is at a minimum, you have to be attractive. Okay, I'm okay with attractive. I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with someone that's 200 or 300 pounds, how all of a sudden it's a non-starter for you men with means. That's where I draw the line. Well, I guess that would de- that would depend on, on how you how you gauge attractiveness, right? So the question would be, if you're five foot two hundred pounds, are you attractive? Well, you have some pretty large women. Mm-hmm. And I would say, in general, you know, when you ask men what they're attracted to, the larger women aren't aren't the ones that most men want. You know that that becomes that becomes the question. You know, I actually asked this question to a young lady I was talking to once, and uh, I said, you know, when you when you go to you know the Alpha Ball or uh, you go to the the country club with the CEO, you know, do you see a lot of overweight women walking around? You typically don't. Those are not the women that are selected. No, I, I have some friends that, 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 that want dime pieces everywhere they go. I, I understand that. But I'm just wondering, I'm thinking about the bigger picture and longevity. Does that not mean anything? I think the bigger picture and longevity, like I said, we're talking about entry, entry level versus long term. So just because you're an attractive woman doesn't mean you have to have a horrible attitude 
you can't love the Lord, you know, you can't do all these other things because you're attractive. I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. So if I'm a person that says out of that hundred, out of the hundred people, I actually qualify for women one through fifteen, then you know it would it would be suboptimal for me to pick woman number fifty one because she has a nice heart when I could get a nice heart along with these other things as well. Got it. Okay. So let me ask you something now. What what state do you live in, Charles? Uh, I live in uh, Tennessee right now. Okay, great. So are you open? Uh, I have a couple of girls I'd love for you to talk to. Just going back and forth because I have some that would totally disagree with you, and I'd love to have you back on the show to discuss this with them to see what... I'd, I'd like for you guys to go back and forth so maybe you could talk with them specifically about what issues they have with a man of your caliber and the choices that you would make for your own life. Are you okay with that? Yeah, that'd be fine. Perfect. Well, no, I've actually enjoyed this show. I've enjoyed speaking with you. And I must say, you sound a lot like a lot of my male friends. Uh, but I also have female friends that may not fit the bill, but they're some good-hearted people. Uh, and they'll probably call you to task on some of the comments you've made to us today. So, again, we'd love to be able to call you back on the show. Yes, please do. And I love, I love to have that discussion. I think it's, it's actually important that at the end of the day, that as men and women, we understand what matters to each other. So that we can, you know, act in accordance with that. You know, ultimately, we have to figure out what the other party wants and 